Hello, my name is Rob Forrest. I'm a student in the MCIT or Masters in Computer Information Technology program here at Northern Arizona University. Within this podcast, I hope to provide an overview on scholarly writing techniques learned throughout this module. Scholarly writing covers all aspects of scientific publication, from students writing essays to authors writing for scientific journals and researchers writing for educational reports or university journals. Within this podcast, I will provide an overview on the scholarly language used within academic writing, the writing techniques deployed by us, and also touching in further detail on bias in writing, which we touched on previously in another podcast. Typically, the language or tone used within scholarly articles will be formal, but some journals may prefer an informal language depending on the editor. Scholarly articles are there to educate its readers about a particular topic, not to entertain or provide humour. It might be tempting to write long sentences with fancy words, but this does not necessarily make it formal or informative. It is important to remember that the reader needs to understand what is being said and that the readers may have varying levels of knowledge within the topic that you are writing. Using an active voice is always recommended over a passive voice. What does active voice mean? Active voice means that a subject acts upon a verb rather than a subject being the recipient of a verb's action. So to put that in an example, a passive voice would be, the car was cleaned by Dave, but put into an active voice, it would be, Dave cleaned the car. The active voice sounds more factual based and allows the sentence to be concise and to the point. Another good technique for scholarly writing is to mix up sentence length or structure. Shorter sentences allow for more impactive information to be presented, whereas longer sentences allow the writer to go into further depth. One of the best uses of this I can recall is from reading the first Harry Potter novel, in which the main antagonist of the story is revealed at the beginning of the chapter with three simple words, it was Quirrell. Now, of course, as scientific writers, we are not looking for drawers on the floor in terms of our writing, more so maybe light bulb type moments. But I felt it was a great example of how sentence length can be used to increase information impact. However, this technique will only really work when mixed with other lengths. If we only use short sentences, the text won't flow very well and it'll appear choppy. Within other techniques, it is recommended to avoid repetition. This relates to both themes throughout the paper as well as words used to describe. Calling something big and large might get you extra words within your word count, but it subtracts from the overall flow as both words are quite similar in meaning. With regards to repetition of themes, each paragraph of an essay or publication should include a new theme separate from the last, or should at least not revisit old information already presented. At the end of any piece of writing, you'll want to ensure that you have been able to convey a complicated theory or problem in a way that is unlikely to be challenged by others. With that in mind, it is important to consider other options or arguments by using source material to gain an objective and unbiased viewpoint. Consider a prosecution's case in a trial. They need to try and prove beyond reasonable doubt that somebody did something, and they'll cover all possible bases or have answers to anything the defence might raise. By doing so, they appear to have considered all possible outcomes or eventualities. In terms of scholarly writing, this is also important, as by considering all aspects of a topic, it means that we others are less likely to argue against the points that you are making. Bias. Bias in writing is bad. This is a type of language which uses words or phrases which may, many consider to carry prejudice, offensive connotations or hurtful implications. Bias can demean or exclude those based on age, sex, race, ethnicity, social class, physical or mental traits. 
To cover all the themes found within bias, we could be here for days, and there are many, many books written solely on the purpose of tackling bias in writing. Ultimately, the key themes relate to moving any kind of identifying descriptors to individuals or groups within your writing. When a reader thinks about the author, they should not be able to glean any kind of information about who the author is. For example, if the reader knew the author was religious, it might inject preconceived assumptions which could affect how they absorb or retain the information. In terms of article content, when referring to groups of people, they shouldn't be labelled in such ways to cause offence. For example, when listing results from experiments involving age groups, don't use terms such as elderly, but instead use the age brackets pre-designated earlier in the paper. For example, the 50 to 65 or 65 plus year old groups show that whatever it might be and so forth. Due to centuries of systemic bias across all industries, there are many terms which we use every day which may cause bias without us realising it. For example, referring to a workforce as manpower or referring to the human race as mankind. Sarah Milner Barry produced an interesting article on how the term Mother Nature could imply subjugation to women. But Milner Barry suggests it could be a term stemming from ancient beliefs of gods, whereby those who nourish the world were depicted as women. It is because of such bias that we as writers must be careful not to include any kind of bias within our own writings. Information should be available for all humankind and should not exclude or offend anyone. As you can see, there is a lot to consider when writing a scholarly piece of work. Not only do you need to consider the language being used, grammar, spelling and punctuation, but also ensuring that you are not using any bias within your language. After considering all that, we also have to ensure that the content we are presenting is actually beneficial and brings forward important topics for discussion in order to help a particular field of our choosing. I hope this has been an insightful look into scholarly writing techniques. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.